0: 1979, we moved to Paraparumu, and um, I did one year schooling at Paraparumu College when it first started. Yes, and uh, pretty well from there. That's when the army kind of phase came into my cooking. So, so pretty well growing up, three boys, and I was a middle child. Um, I always went to the kitchen with my mum, so you know, uh, cooking was a passion from a from a young age. Won my first um, cooking competition when I was five, making pancakes at the local gala day with the help of mum, of course, but uh, yeah, we got the first prize from there. Cooking became a passion.
1: From that first win with his pancakes, ten years later, at 15, Charles worked as a chef with the New Zealand Army. Today, with his culinary expertise and knowledge in traditional Māori plants, he's become, well, an entrepreneur. It's here in Rotorua that we meet. He picks me up from a downtown cafe. His green van doubles as a farmo car and transportation for tourists. Let's um, go on one of the uh, food tours here in Rotorua. You used to run a restaurant in Rotorua, didn't you, you Charles? Yeah, Creole. Yeah, Copper Creole
0: um, came from... New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah, that's my inspiration to why I do what I do now as a um, as a Maori chef. Being able to um, move in between traditional foods and contemporary foods. So once you go into that realm of um, traditional, well, then you got to stick to the rules. Where contemporary, you can become a bit more um, you know, experimental. With, uh, how you can use a lot of, you know, what, what we have as an all.
1: Yes, or Māori medicine. Yeah, oh, yeah, ai. Yeah. You know, I was reading, a b- obviously, you know, a bit about you online, Charles, and your CV is basically Army first, then Air New Zealand second. Yes, is that right? Yes. Then after that, did you open a restaurant in Paraparumu? Yep.
0: Yeah, Briar Patch.
1: Briar patch, then yep. you sold that, came to Rotorua. Yep. Is that when you opened? Copper Creole. Copra Creole. Yep. And then after that, yep. is that where you we sold dis- that? Sold that. Yep. And yes. then Kinaki. And ha- then,
0: yeah, Kinaki developed from there.
1: Kinaki Wild Herbs is Charles' Fano based company. As part of the business, he harvests traditional plants, including horopito, peko and kawakawa. Now, some come in plant or powdered form. The kaupapa, or purpose of the business, is to supply local and international cuisine markets with indigenous Māori herbs. But it's a business that's multi-layered.
0: kinaki was all about quite a few things, really. It was about being able to um, supply an ingredient to market, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it also had a tourism arm to it as well like what we're doing today
1: How much yep. does the weather play on your ability to do the food tour? Well,
0: not much. I, no, I have the attitude that you should be able to go out in any you know, conditions as long as it's not a big major storm Yeah.
1: You
0: know, because this is what New Zealand's all about yep. you know, It's all about changing weather patterns, being able to fit into you know, those weather patterns because they always change yes. Um. You know, nothing Nothing can be in an umbrella or a raincoat and gumboots. I don't let it play a major factor in what I do. I always have a plan B.
1: And was that an intentional business move to take advantage of the tourism aspect of Rotorua?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I once I finished the um, restaurant kind of scene, I wanted something what was um, kind of something I enjoyed more. You know, restaurant work can become quite monotonous after a while. So on is something that was a little bit different in being able to um, do what I do now.
1: Was there a little bit of a lull there for a while, Charles? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially after the, um, you know, finishing the restaurant kind of work and wanted mm-hmm. to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's all part of, you know, winding down and basically winding back up to um, you know, to get cracking again. I've got an uncle that used to be a taxi driver here, Hoppy Callaghan. and uh, he turned up at my restaurant, Copper Creole, one time with a handful of pickle pickle, and he says to me, "I oh, have you ever tried putting this on the menu." So at that time I was kind of doing you know, different types of breads, and I made this bread that was um, we called it a Creole bread, Creolo bread, and it was similar to a one I made in a big um, muffin tin. I've got it in my book. And basically it's called Buns on the Run and it was similar to a but a lot spongier and a little sweeter as well. And uh, what I did was I put a rosette or a little swirl of garlic butter on the top and stuck a pickle pickle in it and sent it out to these tourists that were sitting on the the front table. They were like, I think they were from um, Germany. Anyway, the waiter took the... um, the bread up to the table, and they asked, you know, what's this and what does it mean? So he couldn't tell them so I went out and explained what it meant and from there it pretty well developed into um, a signature signature garnish you know, and it was um, pretty small and I thought to myself, you know something like that can make a um, a dish you know quite beautiful really. You know, and no one had been doing it before, so I thought right. Let's see what happens from here. And then you went from
1: uh, using herbs as a garnish to actually having it as a as a kai to eat. Yeah, as an yeah. ingredient. As an ingredient.
0: Yeah, yeah. So pretty well from there, I realised that, you know, you have to, um, no wonder it hasn't come out before, because you have to have the ingredient. So I ended up getting the ingredient and um, using it for my tours. And then other, you know, restaurants wanted to know and... Cafes and you know suppliers, so they all started emailing me and making phone calls and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, um, yeah, we just started sending it off, and we were working with a, um, a whānau over in Tau Marunui yeah. and we were harvesting pickle um, pickle from there. And then pretty well, I just connected with different people that were um, part of different iwi and made connections and now they um, supply me.
1: How did you find the place in To Marunui?
0: Oh, they're actually um, whānau or old friends oh. of um, my wife who went to school there. And uh, they we set up a tourism venture with them which is called um, Go Bush um, at To Marunui. And it's a, um, a whānau over there that um, we still work with now and taking tourists over there as one of our food tours. And um, that's where we did our pickle, first pickle pickle project.
1: What does harvesting pickle pickle entail? Does it have to grow in certain areas? Yeah. How, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's
0: seasonal. It depends on where you are as well because, you know, um, deer love it, you know? oh. possums love it. Pigs love it. They'll just root everything up in the ground. Just here. You see, and you'll know as soon as you go out there if the pigs are around because all the all the roots are all pulled up. You know the fern roots, so they get in and pull everything up, and so they kill all the pickle pickle too because they eat it. They like the um because it's a rhizome, you see. Yeah. The ferns. Because I did a, a project with Crop and Food Research uh, about seven years ago when I first started doing all this. And uh, down in Palmi and that was part of our project was to go up to To Matanui and measure every day the growth of the plant and how many plants grew in a certain area. Like one stage, we had 20,000 plants, and, and we had to measure them and you know measure them, uh, record all the um, temperatures and was it raining, was it snowing, time. So it was a lot of work, but it um, paid off in the end.
1: For other areas, Charles, that you spoke about, that harvest, uh, Pickle Pickle, where are those areas located? Or is it a secret?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a secret, but, you know, um, it grows everywhere. You know, we, we harvest from Taumata Nui right through, you know. Um, we've got farmers that have got private land that that um, allow us to go into their bush. We lease land from um, from different um hapu trusty we trust as well so you know we build tracks as well so we just don't go on there and and take all their pickle pickle we um you know we go out and lease their land and we also um say to them that we'll build tracks as well because once you got the tracks and you know where all the pickle pickle is. and there's also an education component in there long term i've worked with different um, trusts to put in um uh, pickle pickle gardens like at um Huru.
1: oh yes yep. yes
0: yeah um we put in a pickle pickle garden with the um with the young Farno up there and um basically they gave us a uh, an acre of um of um, bush which is like all backs onto farmland mm. and then they fenced it off and we uh, transplanted all the um Pickle pickle into one spot and kept all the uh, all the stock and the goats and uh, any anything that'll eat pickle pickle will get in there and eat it because it's so juicy.
1: Still in the uh, van here with sh- Murray Chef
0: uh, Charles Royal. Our uh, Charles, where, where are we heading into? Um, well, we're heading down towards uh, now. Uh, down Curtis Road, I think it is. Oh,
1: Curtis Road. We've yep. s- so this is where we've turned off. Is that the yep. way towards Fakatani from Blotserua? Yep.
0: yep. Yep. State Highway Thirty. Yep. So we've just turned off for a little tiki tour. This is all part of my corridor um, that I give to um, tourists when they come for a uh, a Maori food tour out to Soda Springs. See that?
1: Yes. Yep.
0: There's a um, there's a pheasant. A hen.
1: A pheasant. Yep.
0: that's a hen. Yep. So this is a back of Moose Lodge. Okay, so this is all a golf course over here. Mm. It's There's only four Koreans, but once upon a time, the um, um, Queen Elizabeth Elizabeth used to um, go here all the time. Queen Elizabeth? Yep, Wow. in the day. Now she goes to Hooker Lodge. Yeah, so as part of my um, tour, and also, like, um, we... I've worked with some of the whānau down here and doing... um, um, uh, functions, weddings, um, under Cliff Curtis's wedding here. So yep. Tapu
1: wai Kura, yep. this is a... This
0: is a marae.
1: Oh, sorry, I didn't see the whare nui. Um... Oh, it's on the side. Oh, it's on the other side, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But also, it's a kura as well, so with me working with pure cruisers from Lake Rotuiti, okay, this is one of our um, stop off points of where we just... Um, pull up uh, out here on the lake because over the back is called Manupirua Springs. You can only get there by boat. So I wind it all in with my tours. Yes. You see? So this is it.
1: Yep. Tapu Waikura School. Oh, yes, and there's the Whare Nui. Tapu Waikura a Hatupatu Marae is somewhat off the beaten track, nestled in the shores of Lake Rotuiti.
0: Atafoura, that's the moana there. Atafoura. The
1: I've never been this way. I've oh I've yes, always yes, been on the other yeah, side. Not, not many people know. That. Yeah. And do you tell your um, food, foodie, uh, food tour fans this is the venue of? Yep. Of yep. Venue? this is the one.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. And so, how much cooperation, or how much do you work with Murray? Charles.
0: Um, over the years, I've worked with quite a few different uh, yeah. Mirai around the country. You know, uh, from Wananga's to just helping out at um, at different, uh, you know, kura as well. Uh, yeah, different Mirai I have um, you know, get asked to do different um, talking engagements and cooking classes. Uh, also, gathering out, going out, gathering and just talking about what they have available in their bush.
1: And it must vary, um, you know, what they ha- have available in oh, their yeah. bush to certain other Iwi.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You know, because every Iwi in every area or is different. What you got growing in there. There's things that you um that you can get up north, you know, a good example is Kumaraho. That you can't um get anywhere south of well of Pyro, I think it's about the 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 furthest south I've seen yeah. uh, Kumara but I yeah. do know that it grows down the east coast as well in certain places. But Can you
1: describe what Kumara is? Kumara
0: is a uh, rungoa that's used as a tea, um, yeah. and it's really good for your lungs, so if you've got a bad cough phlegm, it pretty well you know, stops it straight away, especially that phlegm <coughs> all the yeah. time and uh, yeah, you have a cup of that and pretty well in you know, 30 seconds it's all gone does it look like a leaf or? Anything? Yeah, it's a funny one because you've got to really watch out because it's similar to tutu. Tutu. Yeah, tutu. I just saw some on the bank there. I'll show you it. Oh, okay. See that leaf there, that green one. I won't stop on the. Corner. Oh, okay.
1: The green one. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's what I mean. You've got but there's plenty around here.
1: Man, everything's green though, Charles. How do you. How could you have spotted that? Oh, only because Mind I you. know what it's Yeah, looks that's like right.
0: Now. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll grab one. There's plenty
1: around. And so we're just leaving um, Tapuai Kura Marai, uh, State Highway 30 outside Otorua, Um And I'm. Here, as part of um, well, Charles Royal was taking me on one of his uh, food tours that he that he hosts uh, based from Rotorua. Because Air New Zealand, that took you all over the world, didn't it, Charles?
0: Yeah, yeah. As an employee, it did. He back worked in the day. for the business class f- food. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Chef. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're all part of um, of the flight kitchen when it used to belong to Air New Zealand. And what happened was. Uh, after I left the army, the next day I got a job with Air New Zealand. And back in those days, you know, it was big money. You know, for a week for a qualified, fully qualified chef, you got, you know, $1,500 a week. That's with un- unlimited overtime. So we used to do 10 days on and have one day off, but, you know, you worked for it. And uh, But then as things kind of tightened up and yeah. Know, sold off in New Zealand, sold their catering arm, and uh, everybody s- took redundancy. And so I jumped on the bandwagon and said, Yep, time for a new change of job.
1: And how long were you at in New Zealand?
0: Um, I was in New Zealand for four years.
1: Oh, four years? Oh, that's not too bad, that's eh?
0: That's not too bad. It's enough to sort of yeah, dip get your feet in, it. get a, taste, yeah, of it. Yeah, a yeah. taste of it. I wish I had longer, but you know. Um, yeah, all good things uh, come to an end at one stage <laughs> or another. I'm sure <laughs> yeah, they that's do. Right. That also inspired me to um, open a restaurant because that's all you heard of chefs who are at New Zealand they were, um, in New Zealand They were leaving to start their own restaurants. Right. Yeah, I thought to myself, I like Cajun Creole, and that's why when I worked there, I went to the states. But I really like the idea of Cajun and Creole cooking having two which distinguishes the difference between one or another. And Cajun was all about authentic style of cooking and also had a story and and different flavours and you had to stick by those rules. It's just like any other kind of art. You have traditional art and you have contemporary or modern style. So I thought, well... They had Cajun, which was like uh, traditional, and then they had Creole, which was like um, all the modern style of Cajun cooking. If we had a Māori cuisine, because in Rotorua and having a Cajun restaurant and then seeing that apart from the hotels doing hangi and concert, nobody really was doing any form of Māori food or Māori cuisine. So I started to um, look at changing my whole... um, coppa on um, on cooking and then when my uncle turned up with that pickle pickle and said to me if I'd ever tried, um, ever thought about putting it on the menu i tried cooking with it I thought well why don't I just put it in that bread as the waiter went out and give it a try and see what comes of it and um, pretty well from there they wanted to learn more so um, I kept on using it in my restaurant and then I started bottling it and preserving it and going out and, you know, talking with um, a lot of different, you know, koumatua, queer out there, getting to know people, um, learning different ways of um, how, you know, when you go on Wānau, a different whānau have different ways of cooking at the marae. Yes. You know, and just learning those different little techniques gave me just more kind of... Um, information to add to my repertoire you know nice. so the more I learned um, the more that I could um, put into what I do now food tours uh, any kind of cooking technique I can think of I'll give it a go
1: mm-hmm. yeah you've got a nice nice office nice office space So then Charles can people walk into, to their local supermarket and find um, Kinaki pickle pickle in there?
0: No. 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 How do you, so how does one get a hold of...? Oh, they can get on my website. Oh, OK. com. Now, I bought that years ago when we um, secured that name. Yes. And when the dot-com era was the big thing. Yeah, the big boom. Yeah, and I jumped in and grabbed com because I, uh, I realised that it would be um, easy for people to uh, understand more than anything. See, I cut everything when I went to Germany with the internet. I didn't take my cell phone.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah,
0: and I'll tell you what, um, the amount of people that were just on them, it was unbelievable. Really? Yeah, and coming back, I really had to force myself into, you know, having to switch the phone back on because I knew I'd lose business if I didn't. But after, yeah, not having it after all that time, um, yeah, it's something that you seem to uh, rely on after all.
1: Back into the... You know, work mode, eh, yep. so to speak. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we're pulling up here now. know, yeah, this is at um, uh, Tamatia Road. Tamatia Road. Yep. Um, Lake um, State Highway 30, uh, Lake Rotuiti heading towards um, the east coast. Yeah. Even though there's a little bit of rain, but I'm sure that it's um, nice underneath the uh, the canopy. Yep. So we'll just go in for a bit of a walk and. Yes. We're just over at the marae over there? Yes. OK, so So what happens...
1: We're here at Matafauri Forest in Rotuiti, about half an hour's drive from Roturua. Now, as we enter the forest, what to me looks like, well, native bush. For Charles, it's his pataka kai,
0: his food source. And, um, just go into the bush here and then we can do one. But just having a quick look here, just at the track... You have a look around, okay. There's always little things that you that you notice that are different, okay. Things like manuka. See the manuka there? Manuka. Yep. Okay, so manuka is a form of rongoa as well,
1: okay. Before we head into the photo, hikarekia? Charles recites a, a karekia.
0: Nimi ni mean, otu ite wa ni mitema midikitte kuno wa na ya papa to ni ya tute wa ni mitema midikitte ya hinna yo miata karma ni kitin nai re kouri ra o koku to tte koku patakai kin na kitte karma o rihiki I mean, hi nimi himo to afi kitara nete na koto tte na koto tte na to kete kore kore to So this is it, okay, so just as you can see, just walk in here, there's, there's heaps, eh, you yeah. and I don't know if you know too much about... No, no I,
1: I've done stories on Have it before, you? Charles, okay. but um, I know the kawakawa.
0: Yep, this is the kawakawa here. Okay. This is uh, pretty well the most widely used... Uh, kawakawa juice? Uh, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Right throughout, um, you yeah. know... Māori them, I suppose. Everyone knows about kawaka. So um, pretty well, you know, I tell everybody that comes on multi food is um, the same kind of thing, you know. Um, shaped like a heart, good for the heart. Uh, we use it as a blood thinner. It's also good for your kidneys and your liver, okay. Uh, the best ones are the ones with the holes in. That's always passed down from the old people because if Ooh. the insects like it, we like it too. Pick
1: the ones with the yeah. least holes, yeah, yeah. But so not yeah. the
0: case. Yeah, as a rongoa, hey. Yeah. So you'd have as as, as a teeth. Yeah, in the old days, a lot of people would always say, oh, "I don't like that because it's got too much cool in it. you know it's sour," and uh, which it is. But what we do now, and also because it's more modern, we dry and powder it. Okay. okay? So you can um, take it overseas and stuff like that. Because anything with bugs and to get it out of the country or get into other countries, it, they just won't do it. Yeah, anyway, um, we also use the sprouts. See the little sprouts oh, there just sprouting yeah. out? Now you have a taste of that and you can put those into salads. Okay. Now, one thing you've got to remember about koa is it's Pipery. related to, yeah, it's, it's a part of the pepper whanau. Peppery, yeah. yeah. And um, even though the, um, people carry on about it being um, part of the pepper whanau, I use it more in a contemporary way of saying it's like basil or basil. Yeah, so um, kaffir leaves. Kaffir leaves. Kaffir leaves. Kaffir leaves. Have you heard of kaffir leaves? Kaffir I have. leaves, yeah. Indian cooking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, this is the same kind of um, plant that they use.
1: Okay. Similar.
0: Yep. So when I use similarities all the time, it's something that they can get, but we don't have, or we don't have, and they can get. So you've got to be able to have a similarity in the cooking thing yep. so that people understand it. But yeah, they use it for cooking. So why don't we, I'll grab some now okay and there's a way of um, sustainably harvesting kawakawa as well you see Um, and you'll find if you do it like this they'll keep growing back pretty well within the month they'll be budding again. This is all about sustainable wild harvesting what I've learnt over the years of doing it okay so you get the leaf and you pretty well just take the end off the stalk yes okay the smaller the stronger so you don't need a lot okay so and you can put them in salads or have it as a tea and then let it cool down and you know if I do it in big kind of um want to do it in big quantities, we only harvest um two thirds of the tree and leave the other third on top so that you get photosynthesis okay, okay. so it keeps growing it keeps growing. You, you've got to have leaves for it to keep growing otherwise it'll die okay yeah I've okay learned. so what what I do when we do it in um bulk okay is that we just get the leaf, get our hand or glove on we keep pulling so you listen to. It. Okay, so that's what we would be doing if we were harvesting on a... And that's it. But just for this now, I'll keep these. We'll have these for... um, We'll have a little cup of tea or something, cup of tea. Okay. so we'll just keep moving. Yes. Okay. now just having a look around at other different little plants here, we've also got... um, See all these things here, like you have a look at this. This is called piako. Piako. Yeah, piako. And piako is um, uh, actually a fern. You yeah, see, but it's on a vine. There's over um, 312 different varieties of ferns, but only seven are edible. And but they use for all other things. And this is a good example. The old people used to um, um, boil it, okay? Boil it, and then they would get it. And if they had a broken leg, they'd wrap it around the broken leg. You see, and like the stick that they use as a uh, support. Yes, yes. Now they use a cast day. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then as it dries, it tightens. You see, and keeps the leg and the broken bone in place so yeah. these are the kind of plants that if weren't used as a medicine we used in other ways to be able to, um, you know, broken bones or wow. um, another thing kawakawa is used for is a poultice okay, because so it's yeah, boiling hot water, pull mm-hmm. it out, put it on the a sore or something or eczema and it speeds the healing process up so you stop wow. itching or yeah. Um, yeah so instead of being like 8 weeks it's in 2 weeks you know you get yeah my wife uses it all the time yeah, yeah so just looking up here and here's a good example see this here you know what this is mm, a vine <laughs> Yeah. Yep, this is a vine okay and uh, this Pirita vine, it's called. Pirita. Yeah, Pirita, or with another name for it is cariao I think. cariao yeah, I've
1: heard of cariao Yeah,
0: yeah, this is it here, Supplejack, supplejack. wherever you're from. And um, what happens is that it it's a big long vine and it's got an end which looks like a bush asparagus.
1: Yeah, I was going to say asparagus. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, the reason why I show people it is, one, because it's edible, it's quite juicy, and uh, you can also cook it and use it as a green vegetable. Never been sprayed, as you can see.
1: Yeah. yeah so
0: it's never been touched at all. And uh, and it doesn't take long to get a few. You get half a dozen of those, and what, they would be a foot long, maybe. Yeah, It's about a foot in it. Wow,
1: yeah, yeah, that's about a foot.
0: Yeah, so about a foot long. Looks like a, um, a brown asparagus, but coming off a light green. And uh, it's got a natural snapping point, just like asparagus. Just as like well. asparagus. And it's also quite juicy, so I'll just snap it. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you take that piece and you try that. Okay, this bit. Yeah. So you
1: yeah, just, we'll just suck on. it or bite it? Bite it. Mm. So, what do you think? Peas, first yeah. thing. Yeah. Green Snow, pea. peas.
0: Snow yeah, peas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mmm and can cook it fresh, grows all year round.